Welcome to PreachingChrist.org, the preaching ministry of Father Patrick Malone, Vicar of Holy Cross Anglican Church in Milwaukee. If you have any questions about the Bible or the Christian life, contact us at Patrick at PreachingChrist.org. I was not raised an Anglican or in the Episcopal Church. And some of you may say, uh, we, we noticed that, Father. But I was raised in a small, liberal denomination. There aren't many of these churches around here. There's one church, it's called the Christian Church, or the Disciples of Christ. There's one here, I forget what road it's on, maybe Madison, um, here in town, but they are very prevalent in Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, uh, going down through the Appalachians, and uh, very prominent in Oklahoma and uh, Texas. So wherever those folks from the Appalachian Mountains migrated, there are these uh, Disciples of Christ churches. And the pastor that I grew up with I uh, was a good man, never really comprehended his sermons, uh, and that's one of the things that's always in the back of my mind. Can the average person understand what I'm trying to say? Uh, when he retired, they hired a new pastor, they called a new pastor, and uh, initially everyone loved him, um, but the, uh, after a while... Some of the women of the church became more and more uncomfortable. Uh, let's just say that the more uh, voluptuous the woman, the more that he would try to go and hug them. And this became very annoying. And uh, this was before the Me Too movement or uh, before people really talked about sexual predators. And so that was reported to the church leadership. But also, what was reported to the church leadership was that there were people in the church that when he preached a sermon, that sermon was familiar to them. And there was a Christian radio station in Cleveland that was very popular. And come to find out that this pastor would memorize sermons from that Christian radio station. And the way they caught him was the pulpit Bible was a King James Bible, and he would pretend to read from it, but it would be various other versions, the NIV, the New Revised Standard. And they found out that this man could not read that his wife helped him get through seminary. He was an imposter. And the sad part about it was, when the leadership of the church went to uh, the, the uh, area leaders, the district leaders, they said, oh, yeah, he's had this problem before, but we, he promised to take care of this. Uh, he was an imposter. He was an imposter as a pastor. 
And what we find here in Ephesians chapter 4 is that there were Christians in Ephesus who were imposters. They claimed to be Christians. But as Paul says in uh, verse 17, and you can follow along in your weekly propers sheet, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. First of all, notice what Paul says. He's not saying this on his own authority. He says, now I testify in the Lord. One of the things that we often miss is that in the epistles... This is not material that is, re, that is original with Paul or John or Peter or the author of Hebrews. This is material that they have received from Christ, what we could call the apostolic tradition, that they have received this information from Christ, and now they are applying it to the different situations that are taking place in the church. And we can see this most clearly uh, if you have your Bible in front of you, uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Notice what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you have received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word that I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. For I deliver to you, as of first importance, what I also received. So Paul here is saying, he's received a a corpus, or a body of teaching, from Jesus, and his job is to disseminate it and pass it out, to the churches and converts that are now following Christ. And this is exactly what Christ told the disciples as he was about to ascend into heaven. He says, all authority has been given to me on earth and in heaven. Therefore, go and make disciples among all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded. So Paul is not giving his opinion. And a lot of people nowadays, liberals, love to have Paul and Jesus in in combat against each other. Well, Jesus said this, but Paul says that. And since Paul said it and not Jesus, we don't have to believe it. But there's nothing in Paul's teaching that you can't find its origin in the teaching of Christ. In fact, Jesus said that he didn't teach anything new. He said that I teach whatever the Father gave me, and I do whatever the Father gave me. So I've mentioned this uh, Revelation flowchart that I've developed. The Father gave Jesus a group of things to do and a group of things to teach, and that's all that Jesus did. He didn't work on his own authority. And then Jesus gave this body of teaching, this body of tradition, this body of doctrine to his apostles. And the apostles' job is to go out throughout all the known world, 
to lead people to Christ, to form churches, and then to teach that same doctrine. And this is what Paul is doing. And he's saying, I'm doing this in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as Gentiles walk. I'm not preaching my own opinion, but I'm preaching under the authority of Jesus Christ who commissioned me as an apostle. And this is one of the the struggles that Paul is having throughout all of his letters. Paul wasn't very impressive. He probably had some kind of eye ailment. You know, imagine a guy coming in here and he's got pus coming out of his eye and he's got an eye patch and he's uh, bent over because he's been beaten so many times for preaching the gospel and he comes up and he's not very eloquent. He's not very handsome. He's not wealthy. And other leaders within the church say, you know, you should really look to me because I'm healthy and wealthy, therefore God is blessing me. And this is something very important for us to remember as Holy Cross Anglican Church. Success in God's kingdom is based on faithfulness. It is not based on numbers. Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world. Is God blessing Islam? Mormonism is growing like crazy. Should we become Mormons because they're successful? We are successful when we're faithful to what Christ has given us. And we have been given a very beautiful thing. And the fundamental issue here at the church in Ephesus was that there were imposter Christians who said they were Christians, who professed Jesus Christ as Savior, who were baptized, but as you looked at them in their daily life, Paul says they walked like Gentiles. Notice the, the, the thread here of Paul's thinking, verse 17. Now this I say and t- testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. Now, brothers and sisters, Paul went there to teach not just how to be saved, but how to be a Christian. And what Paul means by being a Christian is to be a new type of person recreated by the Holy Spirit. But the Christians in Ephesus first were hardened in their heart. Notice what it says in verse 18 at the end. This was due to the hardness of their heart. And that hardness then made them ignorant of God's word. They think they they knew it all. They think that they had the magic sauce for the Christian life. And because of their ignorance, Paul says, they were alienated from the life of God. And because they were alienated from the life of God, they were darkened in their understanding. And because they were darkened in their understanding... 
They had futile minds. This is the progression that Paul teaches. That if we don't have a soft, tender, receptive heart for the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, we will have hard hearts. And those hard hearts lead to ignorance of God's Word. And that ignorance of God's Word then leads to alienation from God and the life of God. And that alienation leads to darkness and understanding. And then we can become duped. And then when we're darkened in our understanding, we can be futile in our minds. And we're no longer receiving God's word, Christ's teaching. We're being influenced by the teaching of the world. And we become to think and talk and walk like a Gentile. You know that you are walking and thinking and talking and living like a Gentile when you say, I want, rather than, yes, Lord. When your life is being led by what you want and the passions of your heart and the desires of your flesh, instead of knowing what Jesus wants and saying yes to him. You are living and walking like a Gentile, and you are an imposter of a Christian when you say, I want. When your desires lead your actions, and your mind isn't renewed, you don't even know what Jesus wants. Or if you know what Jesus wants, you push it aside because it's hard and inconvenient. I was thinking about this yesterday. Now, salvation is a complete work of God. We don't participate in that. God does it. Jesus did it on the cross. And we receive his righteousness by faith. But the life of sanctification, we cooperate with God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have evil thoughts. And as a young man, I used to think, Lord, take this away from me. And he never has. Why? Because I am to cooperate with God and struggle through this life to follow Jesus. Because that's what he wants and that's how he has set things up. The Christian life here on earth is difficult. That's why he says in 1 Corinthians 15... Let me remind you of the Gospels which I preach to you, which you have received, in which you stand, and are being saved, if you hold fast. If you hold fast. Hold fast there is a synonym for true Christian trust. True Christian belief. This is not the way I believe that George Washington existed. This is, I believe, Jesus Christ is my Savior, and my life and actions follow from that. Not that I'm perfect, not that I don't stumble and fall, but when I stumble and fall, I ask for forgiveness, and I get back on the path again, because I'm holding fast. It's not that he's holding me. 
He's holding me and I'm holding on to him. I'm holding fast. I'm not allowing my flesh, my passions, my desires rule my life. I'm saying no to those. I'm letting the desires and love of God rule my life. So the real issue is not just that they were walking like Gentiles. Notice what else Paul says. Uh, But they are callous because they have given themselves up. They've just laid there to the sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Verse 20, very important verse. Unusual verse, difficult to understand verse, but very important. But this is not the way you learned Christ. That's a very odd sentence. Paul's not saying this is not the way you learn about Jesus. That would make more sense. I'm learning about him. I mean, he's not here. Where's Jesus? I don't see him. The church in Ephesus, they never met the physical, personal Jesus. He's at the right hand of the Father. But Paul says, no, we're not learning about Jesus, we're learning Christ. What does that mean? I've I've wondered this for years. Because it's an odd sentence. The structure is odd. And we learn Christ... By taking on who he is. One of Paul's most uh, frequent statements, if you notice in verse uh, 21, assuming that you have heard him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus and put off the old man, which belongs to the former life and is corrupt through deceit, And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. What does it mean to learn Christ? Well, it means we're saying no to the lusts and passions of the flesh. We're not following the thinking or actions of the world. We're not placing our hope where the world places hope. We're not saying the most important thing is football or soccer or sports, even though the world is obsessed with this. We don't look at our hope on who is going to be the president. There are Christians in Nigeria that will be murdered today, and their president isn't Trump or Biden, because their hope is in Jesus Christ. Their hope is in Christ, and not just in Christ, but in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And so to put on, or to learn Christ, is to put him on. To live in the practice of his death. To live in the practice of his burial. To live in the practice of his resurrection. And to understand who You really are. 
biblical self-awareness. I am simultaneously, and every Christian is simultaneously a sinner and is righteous. I struggle with sin, but because of my faith and my baptism in Christ, I am a new creation. I am united to Jesus in my baptism. I am united to Jesus in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection. And so you notice that when Paul gives moral teaching, it's always in reference to the fact that we are united to the resurrected Christ. And so to learn Christ is to learn what it means to die to yourself, to take up your cross each day, to say no to your passions, to say yes to the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, to live like a new person that you are, to put on the new self, which is created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Are you a Christian that pursues righteousness and holiness? It's not very fashionable, righteousness and holiness. Are you pursuing the new self? Do you understand what the new self is? Or do you say, that's too hard, I don't want to be a fanatic, this will mess up my career there's a time to be a Christian, and that, that time is not today. That is hardness of heart thinking. That's calloused thinking. That is ignorance in understanding thinking. That's being alienated from the life of God thinking. And that is also imposter Christian thinking. And what Christ wants to say to us, and he has said it to us through Paul. You heard the gospel. You heard that you're to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, just not on Sunday. That you're to take up your cross and follow me. You're to learn me. Learn who I am, how I think, what I do. You didn't learn Christ that way. And so the life of sanctification is the constant learning to say no and no longer walking like a Gentile. And the life of the, the Christian life is about learning Christ, saying no to self and yes to him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.